Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Podcast. This is Priscilla McKinney, Little Bird Mama here and CEO. I'm with you as always, but you're going to love my guest today. You're also going to realize pretty quickly that we're good friends. So Trevor Ferris, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Priscilla, thanks for having me today. Cats Uh, out of the bag. We actually like each other, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, from the get-go, that's always a good thing, right? Uh, <laughs> to have a little bit of a relationship, so. <laughs> exactly. But I just want to, before we dive into who you are and, and and what you do, can I just say, IIEX, that was off the hook. I mean, that was one of the better ones I've attended this year, most, most definitely. Uh, a lot of innovation and different companies out there really get a feel for where uh, our industry is headed. That show was awesome. You and I had several awesome conversations there. I also interviewed Zach Nippert from your team That's on right. the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. So there's just so much to unpack there. But let me tell you a little bit about Trevor, and then we're going to get going um, talking. One of the things he and I also have uh, in common is that we are relatively outsiders to this industry. Now, obviously, Trevor comes at it a little closer because he's had so many years in strategic consulting and research, and he does have an insights background. But he recently joined the civic science intelligence team to lead business development and marketing. So you can already see why we like each other. I mean, biz dev and marketing people, I love them. (laughs) There's Um, already so much in common there. I mean, come on. I know, right? Um, We we both love to party. (laughs) Uh, Well, Continental Club was definitely uh, checked the box there when we were in Austin, which was awesome. Such a good time there. Um, Good people. You, You, I mean. Priscilla, you did such a great job of just connecting people. So I just wanted to call that out uh, from the get-go. Uh, well, that's met awesome. a lot of good people. That's awesome. And then we got to connect in Chicago, too, um, and had a nice dinner with some other people, connecting, connecting, connecting. That's always right. good. But one of the things that you and I love to do is talk um, shop, really, about what is going on in this industry. And that's what I thought I would start with this whole innovation thing, because you and I really enjoyed Green Book's IIEX, because that was the actual focus. So let me turn this podcast on you a little bit. Sure. As as someone newer coming back into insights and market research from a different angle, what are some of your observations in these last conferences and what the conversation is or what the tone of the conversation is going on in the in the industry right now? Yeah, no, thanks for that. I mean, there, there's quite a few things, but I will say just being fairly new, we're seeing a major shift in outsiders coming in, right? There's this whole cycle of, of, of new folks, new faces. And I think you saw that at Austin. We saw that at Chicago. There's a lot of new players in the space, not just vendors, but also individuals that are bringing a whole different perspective. I feel like that's what you and I are bringing here, right? To the industry and the market itself and really helping it evolve. I mean, it, that might be part of the the great resignation as they say it, right? But there is a lot of new opportunities out there and a lot of new faces, which is kind of pushing the envelope. I recall actually about five years ago, being really a little bit overwhelmed with how many new uh, technology-based innovations were happening in this space, but yet they didn't have their feet under them yet. And so I feel like I've seen some of the innovations mature. But tell me a little bit about the civic science and civic science intelligence story and and how that how that platform and really that approach, I mean, just your your mindset is so different over there than what we would consider to be traditional market research. Yeah, we are pushing the boundaries a little bit. I mean, we go back to what we're hearing at uh, conferences a lot around panel bias, et cetera. We're trying to get beyond that with our approach. 
we're allowing people to opt in directly with our widget that sits out on, on hundreds of publishers out there. So we're going first party, pulling direct customer sentiment into um, the way that we do business and how we report out on how people are feeling about um, everyday type of topics and then also brands, et cetera. So there's there's a lot to be said there um, from, you know, from, from avoiding panel bias from the get-go. We, we're seeing a lot of that. Not even you talk about inflation, right? Because that's also impacting how panels are sourced and, and recruited as well. You, you know, we're, we're trying to hit that hard uh, with the way and, and how we're doing collection and how we're ultimately developing that 360 degree view of a persona and really develop that ecosystem, that entire view of, of not just an individual brand per se, but also, um, you know, how your consumer is impacted uh, based on current activities um, and, and the like there. I think one thing that we talked about that is super interesting that, you know, obviously is very emerging, but you and I also discussed a little bit about how all of a sudden Ukraine, you know, is on the, you know, on the field. And how does this as uh, just a, a, out of the blue, maybe people would say that's not out of the blue, but, you know, out of the right. blue, you know, uh, world event how does that come in? What's the confluence of that into, you know, market research? How do we gauge, you know, customer sentiment or change in buying outlook or patterns of behavior or approaches to the market based on something as wild as that? I thought that was a great conversation we had. Yeah, you know, that is a hard one to anticipate. But if you can turn on a dime, and, and again, you know, key theme of all these um, conferences has been kind of agility which, you know, is a buzzword, but in, in reality, what does that mean? You know, if you're able to, to mount an effort and be flexible within, a, and, you know, 24 hours to get questions out to the public and, and gather responses based on Ukraine, based on Russia, you know, inflation, et cetera, you're able to really quickly and on a real-time basis understand how that sentiment is ultimately going to drive behavior down the, down the road. And that's, that's, that. that's kind yeah. of the basis of what... Uh, civic science is trying to capture. Yeah. As a CEO, I come in and I think, but what's the big thing that's going to, you know, thwart my plans? I could have all the most amazing vision and I could have done a lot of great research to bring me there, but then all of a sudden something comes and I've got to really be able to measure. Is this something? Like, is this is this something that's going to affect me? Is this, you know, something I need to start dealing with? But I want to kind of backtrack just a little bit because that is new. It is innovative. And we're going to unpack a little bit about how civic science intelligence does this. But you're talking about some age-old problems in this industry, okay? One of them is people are talking about low-quality data. Maybe even they're talking about fraudulent respondents. You know, you brought it up as panel bias, um, but that's one big chunk. So the idea is like we're paying people for their their responses, and therefore there's an inherent um, shift in the relationship that maybe starts biasing the answers back to them. So that's an age-old problem. How does civic science approach that differently? Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, we're able to go out and, and gather responses through our publishing uh, partnerships. There is no incentive for people to come back. So, uh, and then our methodology also invokes a, a, an unbiased way on how we're actually getting people into our widget directly and capturing those responses. So, um, you know, because we're not paying anybody, um, because we don't necessarily come out the gate and ask questions related to brands or, or, or very specific, right? 
we're able to capture the true sentiment of the individual and then start building um, a persona segments around these individual and the responses. The volume itself is really where we hang our hat because that's what what is allows us to kind of capture the true sentiment and then build out around that. Okay. So if I were to interact with, say, one of your surveys, I would just be uh, say I'm going out and I'm getting my news. And so I'm in a native environment. I didn't go out to become a survey participant, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. We're not recruiting. This is people in the wild coming across, you know, BuzzFeed, Telemundo, MSN type of articles in the right rail. And then they're able to, to interact directly with us. Um, and, and we're shooting them bursts of questions. So again, right, we're not hitting people with 20 questions where you start seeing fatigue as well. It's four questions at a time and we're able to capture sentiment all through that. Okay. So that's one issue that people have. Like how is, how is the relationship of a paid situation changing the outcome? So I see how you guys are different there, but talk to me a little bit about sample size. And that is a concern for people. A lot of times when they want either a really in-depth and long qualitative answer, or when they want a quick and easy, you know, answer, the qu- next question always comes, how many people do I need to ask? And, and what really does that look like? So tell me how civic science approaches that idea of sample size. Yeah, it's a little bit different, right? Because the panel will go out and select people based on criteria. Um, you know, I need XYZ type of person. We're able to go out and just cast a huge net. And then on the back end, based on the self-reported demographics and such, we're starting to able to build segments within that and then whittle down to our our candidate or um, focused individual. And because of the scale, because we're able to capture 4 million responses a day across the entire um, public, we're able to really hone in on those people that are important for, for our partners. Um, well, I'm sorry. Can we can we different. stop, please? Four million responses a day. Right. I mean, that's obviously that's that is a huge huge proving point for us on our scale. You know, that just the partnerships and then kind of the network that we've built on how we're capturing all this is huge for us, and that's also why we feel our data is is super super qualitative. You know, just quality at, at its basis because uh, we're reflecting you know the U.S. Census when we look at all of our numbers and do the kind of the auditing against the data that's coming through. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try and pick myself up there from 4 million yeah, responses there's, and, there's and move on. on <laughs> um, so 4 million responses, uh, about how many questions are being asked every day? Do you, do you, can I put you on the spot with that? Is that? Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a little hard to say across the entire network, but I do have 2000 plus always on. What mm. that means is we're always running these 24 seven through um, our polling widgets that are sitting on the public machine websites, and that's allowing us to collect the $4 million a day. Okay. On top of that, right, then our partners, our, our clients are able to come in and ask very pointed questions that also sit within um, those 2,000. So those become part of the living, breathing library that we're able to go out um, and then start building insights on top of. And that's awesome. really the beauty beauty of, of us. You know, through our approach, we're helping our partners anticipate the commercial impact of cultural events in real time. And we're doing this through intersecting our partners' targets and brand against our always-on um, real-time data. So that's kind of our 
in that mission. So as a brand, I can go out there and then throw my question into the mix is what you're saying. So I'm then embedding my question into this always on, you know, uh, tracking methodology or approach to doing a unbranded query to the gen gen pop. Um, And so I'm achieving that sample size without maybe biasing either by panel or by maybe even not even biasing it by target market. Right. Right. And I mean, that's, that's also part of, you know, why we think civic science is so great is because you're not just restricted to the brand itself. You're also starting to see, okay, outside of that, what's impacting my consumer. So, you know, we're trying to deliver a little bit more than just, not just the focus uh, on my consumer, but okay, what is my consumer doing outside of uh, my store, my, you know, my, my retail hub, et cetera. Let's take a short break. Are you looking for experts and tools to collect research data worldwide? Global sampling, field management, and data collection are just some of the services that Gazelle Global provides. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how our expertise can help you unearth quality data that drives meaningful insights. Get your research done anywhere around the world quickly and efficiently. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. Okay, I'm going to bring up one last real pressing, never-ending, long-seated problem and challenge in the insights industry, and that is time. And you've alluded to it already because I've heard you use the phrase always on. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) there's always this thought of, oh my gosh, great research takes forever, (laughs) right? So, and then like I mentioned, I've come into this market in the last five years, even just in the last five years, seen so many technologies emerge um, that are doing more to democratize research bringing, you know, DIY tools to teams and professionals. Um, But there is still always that rub of what is the time. And when I do make that shorter, am I sacrificing quality? So unpack that kind of quote that you gave me of always on. What does that mean for time? And what is that like in real life? If I were your client going out and posing a question, when am I going to see that response? Yeah, no, that's a a great question, Priscilla. Always on for us is just that, right? I mean, through our network I spoke about earlier, we have our questions, our question library. But if we were to partner together, right, and work together, we're able to launch, and like we did for Ukraine, right, within 24 hours, we're able to jump on and launch questions out to our hundreds of publishers that are out there and start gathering the same hour. You know, we're, we're getting responses in so quickly that 4 million a, a day equates to 2,500 within several hours uh, of responses that are, are golden and enough for us to move forward into the next stage, which is kind of validating hypothesis um, and moving forward into really developing um, executive level insights uh, that we can carry forward. Okay. <laughs> now I'm going to stop you again because executive level insights. Okay. So it, it strikes me that the reality is that business is just different these days. And, you know, you think about right, right now where we're sitting from a formula shortage to, you know, products coming out of uh, Ukraine in that area that are stopping up steel production. You know, you have uh, phosphorus that may be, you know, messed in the supply chain because so now are we actually going to um, be able to fertilize our crops? I mean, these are crazy emerging issues that, you know, 
two months before they happened, nobody saw them coming type sure. of things, right? So massive problems. And what it strikes me as is, you know, if I'm a company making formula, I don't have time to, um, you know, I, first of all, I probably am not tracking in the past the things that I needed to have tracked because I didn't have a crystal ball. But now I need answers right now because I do probably need to pivot and I need to figure out how deeply do I need to pivot? Like, how bad is this going to be? So tell me about like what, you know, how this is really matching the real speed of business right now. So I don't know if you have any real life, you know, examples or yeah. anything. I'm, I'm really digging for it. But to me, it, it just seems like this is not our, you know, this is not our grandmother's, you know, spot on the seat at the CEO table. We're making very different decisions and the CEOs need this kind of insight like today. Absolutely. And I mean, we spoke about the timing, right? So for us, we're ultimately seeing and hearing that, you know, the insights group today is not keeping up with the CEO and the ass there, right? It's completely reactive. We're trying to get folks into more of that proactive state, leading the conversation rather than lagging and being and having a seat at that C-suite table for the earnings reports, et cetera. Um, a lot of examples of how we've done this, we've recently put out um, a great ebook, uh, COVID recovery and consumer um, spend report, navigating the seas of change, which um, would love to share with all of your, your listeners here, Priscilla, if we could. Um, but that is a great example of, of how we've helped a lot of our partners in the past and uh, something that um, I would love to share with the group. Oh, I will absolutely put that in the show notes. So navigating the seas of change, uh, that kind of, uh, you're kind of going to make me weep a little bit because it's been <laughs> nothing but change. It's like, what's for breakfast anymore? Um, but I think it's interesting that you would bring that up because, you know, I, I do think that the the ethos over at Civic Science and probably where I, why I like you guys is because you are always being helpful. In fact, I'll kind of bring up, um, you know, your, uh, your president of Civic Science, uh, uh, John Dick, I personally, yeah, think our, that our CEO for so, but he is spectacular. puts out a a weekly newsletter uh, called "What We're Seeing," and you know, again, that that almost embodies kind of this idea of executive insights and how we capture all of this sentiment and start to bring it together. Right? I know everyone wants to hear about the micro, the macro to micro, how that influences how you're building a story around that, and then at the end of the day, how are you really making that actionable? That's our intent is to bring that entire eco, that entire end-to-end -end process to our partners and deliver it that so they can be, you know, the smartest person in the room when they come and sit with the C-suite and really deliver proactive insights that no one are, is really going to know about uh, without civic science. My my husband actually jokes around on Saturday because this what you're what we're seeing a newsletter comes out only on Saturdays and I will start I'll say oh I'll read this to you and he's like is it John's letter I'm like yeah hold on he's like you're gonna read the whole thing to me aren't you yeah, yeah I, I always joke we had <laughs> I had uh, some gal come up to me at IIEX and she said you know I wake up every Saturday with John you know I roll over every Saturday and I wake up with John Dick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's the best because that's really what it is, right? He, he delivers this every Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many folks are on the, the distribution at this point, but it, it's pretty wild and, um, you know, really makes a splash for us over at Civic Science. Well, it's a great read. And here's why. If I could really 
deconstruct it a little bit. First of all, I'm very jealous because I'm the CEO of a digital content marketing agency. Okay. So I know good content when I see it. So I'm a little jealous, but I love his style too. And I've never seen someone come at uh, looking at a chart and actually making me feel it as much as I do when John talks about it, it's like, and this is why you're not going to the movies this weekend. And I'm like, oh, that's why, you know, it's like, exactly. it makes so these connections about my exactly. life. So that's what we're trying to bring, you know, to, to everyone we speak to. And, you know, a little bit of a taste is what we're seeing. Well, I love that always on approach. I do think it's completely innovative in the industry. I want to hear more from civic science and civic science intelligence. So, um, you know, I I do appreciate, though, I just want to say from the outside, I do appreciate that, you know, the way that you're having conversations, um, and especially I've seen you, you know, really in action at a lot of these other conferences, it is this not a, you know, hey, these solutions aren't good. I feel like whenever I'm hearing from civic science, you guys are saying, yeah, that, but let me do you one better. Civic science can take you to that next step. And I want to point out one last thing that, you know, you and Casey actually talked about. I went to your talk at uh, in Austin at IIX, yeah. and I thought this was interesting. I just thought maybe we would end on this because it seemed like a real point that struck at the heart, really, of what you're trying to say that's different in the insights industry. And I remember you saying something about brand trackers. And in some ways, maybe we could say you're always on questioning, you know, platform is a tracker of sorts. But I felt like you took it to a different place. You were basically saying, look, yes, you have your data, brand trackers, but there's something wrong. Has anybody else noticed there's something wrong with your brand tracker? <laughs> like It was kind of like you were just, I don't know, I, it didn't feel like you were slicing open the wound so as much as like asking, I'm just asking for a friend. How I'm is just your brand putting tracker? it out there. <laughs> they might be dead. I, I don't know. Right? I don't know. Um, but what you talked about, like how you do one better or how you enrich maybe data that people do have as a basis. So tell me a little bit about that. I thought it was key. Well, first of all, thanks for attending our, our session. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was, I thought it went over pretty well. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, we're out there, people to question how their brand tracker is working today. Are they really getting the value? Or has that just been something that you've continuously been paying for and not necessarily really seeing the influence or the impact of, of the market and the culture and you know, uh, all of those impacts. Um, for us, we think the traditional tracker is dead because it's very narrow and focused on just that the brand itself, right? They're not necessarily getting the entire ecosystem viewed. And that's when we start to pull in the the term enriched is, okay, so, so what else though? What else are you seeing outside of just, um, you know, the brand? itself and what is really impacting that consumer that's driving the behaviors, the purchasing behaviors, and how is that going to impact, you know, your earnings report at the end of the day. And that's that's really what we're trying to get into. Uh, that I mean at the basis, that's kind of our thought thinking around how we would enrich it and, and deliver more value to that traditional uh, tracking approach. It does strike me that the insights professional who's really under a lot of pressure to deliver what you mentioned before, that top line, really moving, aha piece of insight yeah. to that executive team, 
this could be a very good solution for them because they're on the hook for telling that executive, yeah, but why and what should we do right now? And should exactly we move? Should right. we change? You know, it's like I I kind of don't envy the position of the insights professional, you know, in that scenario. No, I mean that's you're absolutely right. Um yeah, it's a tough place to be when you're kind of sitting back and waiting for things to come to you because you just don't have the right data nor the right visibility to the market uh, and your 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 consumer and, and what is really impacting them. I don't know. We we like to use the term of you know share of so share of wallet, share of thirst, share of purchase, share of concern, right? Because there's only so much that an individual can really pack into that basket, right? But it's always ebbs and flowing and we're able to we're able to track that over time. And that's what we say when we mean enriched. It's okay. Um, you know, your consumer might have you know, 10% awareness of your brand, but on top of that, where else are they looking? How might we influence that 10% to go two, three, four, five points uh, at the end of the day? And let's recognize that and then pull those levers mm-hmm. um, from downstream. So that's that's kind of the view when we talk about enriched, right? Is, is that all-inclusive view of the consumer, not just the brand. Yeah, and you're dealing with some of these age-old issues, so we're getting the scale, we're getting the real-time, we're getting um, uh, unbiased. Everything <laughs> getting... we spoke about before feeds <laughs> yeah. into right, what we're talking now. Absolutely. Right, right. I love it. I love it. Well, Trevor, thank you so much for giving us your insight here on Ponderings from the Purge. Just as a thank you for uh, being on our show, of course, I will go ahead and you, you put the uh, guide that you alluded to a little bit earlier. I'll find that. Send me the link. I'll add it to our show notes. But also, where can they find you? And I say that specifically because I misspell Ferris all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, great point. It's not Ferris Bueller. <laughs> it's Ferris with the F-A-R-R-I-S. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there. Um, that's typically a great spot to, to find me. Okay. Well, please check out Civic Science and Civic Science Intelligence if you have questions. But Trevor, I hope to see you at the next conference event. And, you know, we we can talk shop, but also we're going to need to talk about something else. That's fun. Like, you know, it, we've got to find something else to to do that, like at IIEX, they just had so much to do from like beach parties to the arcade games to someone on roller skates. I mean, it, this has r- really set the bar high, I feel. Uh, big time. So all the conference, <laughs> you know, the folks that are hosting conferences, that is definitely the bar. I think I got out, we did a little spray paint action, you and I. So, uh, that was, I uh, hadn't seen that one before, but, uh, yeah, no, appreciate you having me. This was awesome. Thanks so much. Happy to come back. Um, and, Hey, oh, and congratulations to your new space. Yeah. Using, making good use of my new podcast studio now. So yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Trevor. And from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.